This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We're continuing in the book of Proverbs. We'll look at Proverbs chapter 1. Solomon speaking to his son, passing on words of wisdom. Listen, my son, to your father's discipline and do not forsake your mother's teaching because they are a garland of grace for your head. They are jewelry for your neck. My son, if sinners lure you, do not go along with them. If they say, come with us. Let's lie and wait to shed blood. Let's hide and ambush an innocent, gullible person for no reason. We will swallow them alive like the grave. We will swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of wealth and treasure. We will fill our houses with loot. Cast your lot with us. We will share one bag of money. My son, do not walk along the road with them. Do not set foot on their path because their feet run to do evil. They hurry to shed blood. How useless to spread a net in the sight of any bird. Yet they set up an ambush for their own blood. They hide an ambush to take their own lives. This is where the path leads for everyone who is greedy for stolen property. It takes away the life of those who possess it. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we came here this morning not to hear from a human being. We came here to hear from you. God, would you speak like we just sang, speak, O Lord, speak to our hearts. Show us the way we should walk, the way we should live. Take us away from every wrong path and don't let me, your servant, get in the way of what you're doing. Amen. Have you given up on your New Year's resolution yet? <laughs> We're a few weeks into the new year and, and it's pretty common by now to already have given up on all the plans that you made, right? Maybe you hoped, uh, you planned that you were going to eat better or work out more or save more or spend more time with, with family or friends or make wiser decisions. And, and maybe already by now you've blown your New Year's resolution. That's pretty common. Now, why is that? Well, I don't think it's because we haven't had the right plan. And, and I don't think it's because we lack the right information. And I don't think it's because we're weak or we lack willpower. No, I think there is one reason, at least in my life, this, this one thing, there's one secret that if we have this, um, really, I've seen, I've been able to hold on to my, my plans. I've been able to complete my resolution. There's, there's this one thing that if I don't have it, every plan I have kind of unravels. And we actually can find that in the book of Proverbs. This one essential thing. We've been going through this sermon series called Scene 2020. It's all about making good decisions in this new year, making wise decisions and walking it. And today we're going to hear about the one essential thing that that really matters more than almost anything else. That if you have this, you will be able to walk in wisdom. You have a greater chance of completing the goals that you have. 
And so here's the, the question I want to answer this morning. How can we continue to walk in wisdom? How do we continue to walk in wisdom? How do we keep from falling off the wagon to getting off the wrong track, from giving up on all of our goals and resolutions? How can we continue to walk in wisdom? And to answer this question, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1. And we read Solomon speaking to his son. He says this, Listen, my son, to your father's discipline, And do not forsake your mother's teaching because they are a garland of grace for your head. They are jewelry for your neck. A few weeks ago when I started this sermon series, I told you that the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs is is a father, Solomon, speaking to his son. He's having a heart to heart. I imagine him sitting a knee to kneecap with his, his son, looking him in the eye and saying, This is what you need to know. I'm going to tell you the essentials to life. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to pass on so you don't commit the stupid things that I did in my life. And he's he's sitting down the first nine chapters, just speaking and pouring his heart out. And here he's saying, listen up. What I teach you today, don't let it go in one ear and out the other. What I'm going to say to you today, um, wear it like clothing, wear it like jewelry, keep it always close to you, remind yourself of what I'm going to teach you today over and over again. And what is this essential thing that Solomon's son needs to remember? Verse 10 says this, My son, if sinners lure you, do not go along with them. Here's what you need to know. Be careful who you choose as your friend. Choose your friends wisely. Peer pressure is a real thing. And and so choose your friends wisely. Be very careful who you hang out with. Be very careful that you don't let sinners lure you into their way. What does he mean by lure you away? Uh, How could a group of people lure you into sinfulness? He, He explains it this way in beginning of verse 11. He says, If that group, if they say, come along with us, and they say, hey, let's lie away to shed blood. Let's hide and ambush that gullible, innocent person for no reason. We'll swallow them alive like the grave. We'll swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of wealth and treasure. We'll fill our houses with loot. Cast your lot with us. We will all share one bag of money. Solomon pictures his son um, seeing a group of friends and, and, and hearing them say, hey, come along with us, buddy. Let's go. And he realizes the power of peer pressure. There's something about every one of us intrinsically we want to be included. We want to be in the group. We don't want to be by ourselves. All of us, we want to be part of the group. And so if a group comes up to him and says, hey, come along with us, we'll follow the group no matter what the cost. And so this group is saying, hey, come along. Let's, let's take advantage of that gullible person. He's got all this money. He doesn't know what to do with it. You know, he doesn't deserve all that money. He's, he's got more than he needs. Let's go take advantage of that person. Let's go after that person. And we got a surefire plan. Uh, we're going to swallow this person alive. Uh, there's going to be no trace of our action. There, there, there's no way we're going to get caught. And guess what? We're going to do this all together. We're a team on this one. We're going to get this money. We're going to put it in one bag and and everybody's going to get their own share. This is going to work out for us. What could possibly go wrong? Then Solomon warns, verse 15, My son, 
Do not walk along the road with them. Do not set foot on their path because their feet run to do evil and they hurry to shed blood. Solomon uses an illustration that's all over the Proverbs. It's all over the Bible. It was actually all over our music today. Did you catch it? To walk is a, is a way of life. You know, we might think that our decisions are just these isolated decisions that we make, but, but Solomon says, when you choose that group, you are stepping your foot on a path. That the decisions we make have long-term effects. They're not just individual um, decisions that are here today, gone tomorrow. When you make a decision, you're walking down a path. You're going in a certain direction. And he says, don't walk along their path because they're quick to run into evil. You're following along their path. You're running into evil with them. So every decision we make has, has big implications. You make one decision, you, you're setting your foot on a path that leads to a certain destination. In his book, Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the power of our individual small, we seemingly small decisions. He compares it to an airplane flying out of Los Angeles that's flying towards New York City. And he said, if that pilot, before he takes off out of Los Angeles, just turns the tip of the plane three degrees to the south and would follow that direction, just really changing six inches or about six inches and the, 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 the tip of the plane, and he doesn't change his route, but he follows that route, instead of winding up in New York City, he'll wind up in Washington, D.C., way off his destination. And that's the power of our small decisions, the people that we hang out with, the little decisions about where we're going to go. These seemingly small, minute uh, decisions, they have compounding effects on on ourselves and we wind up in places that we didn't want to be. And Solomon talks about the foolishness of making these unwise decisions, following the wrong path. He says, How useless to spread a net in the sight of any bird. Yet they set up an ambush for their own blood. They hide an ambush to take their own lives. Solomon is saying this. Even a foolish bird is not going to fly into a net in the open. If the bird's watching, this person set up this net, this trap way out in the open, even a foolish bird can see that and is not going to fly into that net. But these fools that think they're going to get away with doing evil, they're setting a trap for themselves. You're not going to get away with it. They're they're actually setting up a trap for themselves. How foolish. They're not even as smart as a foolish bird. They can't even see that they're setting a trap for their own lives. And so Solomon concludes by saying this. This is where the path leads for everyone who is greedy for stolen property it takes away the life of those who possess it. If you follow the wrong crowd, you step onto their path, you're getting onto a path that leads to a destination and the destination is destruction. You're not going to get away with it. It's not going to end well. And Solomon is pleading with his son to not step onto that path. Here's the truth that all of us need to know. Our first fill in the blank. Our friends influence our future. 100% of the time, our friends influence our future. You can't get around it. Over time, you will become like your friends. 
That's just the way it's going to be. You're going to be like them. You're going to be, peer pressure is a real thing and it's powerful and you're going to be like the people you hang out with. And that's what happened in Solomon's son's life. One of Solomon's sons was named Rehoboam. And I wish I could say that Rehoboam listened to his father's advice. It was probably Rehoboam that was sitting there as a young boy and Solomon is shaking and pleading with him, watch out who you hang out with. But it seems like Rehoboam didn't want to listen to his father because after Solomon died, Rehoboam took over the throne. Rehoboam became the king of Israel. And Rehoboam went to the northern tribes of Israel to establish his kingdom. And when he got there, there was assembly of people there gathered. And, and the people in the north, the northern tribes, this is what they asked Rehoboam. This is what the, their request. In 1 Kings chapter 12, it says, Rehoboam, your father uh, put a heavy yoke on us. But now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us and we will serve you. So the people in the north said, uh, Rehoboam, if you treat us with justice and fairness and equality, if you treat us uh, the right way, we'll follow you. And so Rehoboam says, okay, I hear your request. Let me think about it for a few days and I'll get back to you. And so he went to the elders, the wise elders in his father's kingdom, the people who, who ruled with his father. And he asked them in, in verse six, he said, how would you advise me to answer these people? So he's asking the wise elders in Solomon's court, how would you advise me to answer these people? And, and, and these wise elders said to Rehoboam, listen to their request. Tell them that you will re rule with justice and fairness and equality and gentleness and fairness and kindness. Say you're going to be a good ruler. But Rehoboam didn't listen to those wise leaders. No, he went to his gang of buddies. He went to his friends, the, the wicked crowd that he grew up with. And he said, how do you think I should respond to this request? What do you think I should say to these people up in the north? And this is what his wicked friends told him to say. Hey, Rehoboam, now tell those people in the north, now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. And guess what Rehoboam did? He followed the advice of his buddies. He followed that crowd. He went up there and he started saying, I'm going to control you and I'm going to dominate you and I'm going to take advantage of you. I'm going to rule over you and you better be scared of me. Well, guess what happened? The northern tribes rebelled against Rehoboam. They split. They said, we don't want anything with this king. And there was civil war for the northern tribes and the tribe of Judah for the rest of their history, basically. Because of this one decision, because he followed the wicked friends and he listened to their foolishness, it divided the kingdom and there was civil war for the rest of Israel's history. Now, how about us? I wish I could say that, that, that we were different, but I want you to think about a time in your life when you were farthest from God. When were you farthest from God? Maybe a time where, where you were drinking a lot or, or, or involved in sexual immorality or watching all sorts of garbage on TV or on the internet or you were caught up in greed or, or caught up in gossip or, or, or taking advantage of people or kind of cutting corners in life. 
Have you ever been far from God? I want you to think about that time that you were farthest from God. I want to ask you the question, who were you hanging out with? Who were you hanging out with? Who were the people that were influencing you? What were you watching? What were you listening to? Who were the people you were hanging out with? And maybe for some of us here, you're thinking, I'm caught up in that right now. I'm embarrassed with some of the stuff that I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm caught up watching all sorts of garbage on TV. I'm, I'm caught up in, in living this, this wild lifestyle that is just not healthy for me. I, I drink too much. I'm eating too much. I don't like what I'm doing with my life. And I want to ask you the question, who are you hanging out with right now? Because our friends will influence our future. There's no way around this. Now, before I go any farther, before I go any farther, I want to talk about maybe two concerns that maybe are going through your head. Maybe you're thinking, well, pastor, does that mean I can't have friends who are outside of Christ? Does that mean I I can't have other friends? I can't have friends in this world? Um, Well, no, uh, the Apostle Paul, actually, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, what he says is, um, you know, if you think you have to not be friends with anybody in this world, well, then you're going to have to leave the world. That's not what I'm talking about. But he does say this, be careful who you let influence you, especially if they're so-called Christians. If they say they're Christians, but they're living a lifestyle totally opposed to God's word, be careful on how much that can influence your life. And then maybe the other thing that's rolling around in your head is, yeah, um, I'm pretty good and my problems are just the people out there. And that's not what I'm saying either. And Solomon wouldn't say that either. He wouldn't say all of us in here are sweet little angels if it wasn't for those bad people out there. In fact, Solomon says in the book of Proverbs, he asks this question. He says in verse, chapter 20, verse 9, Who can say, I have kept my heart pure, I am clean and without sin? Nobody. All of us have something inside of us, a, a, a sinful nature, it's called, that can lead us astray. In fact, maybe I could say it this way. Have any of you ever worked with a tuning fork? I remember in, in high school, we did, a, we did an experiment with a tuning fork to learn about uh, uh, vibration and sound waves and things like that. And maybe some of you have used a tuning fork to tune an instrument like a violin or a or a guitar. And you know how that works, right? You strike the tuning fork and then you strike the, the, the string on the guitar. And if they're resonating, if they're vibrating at the same frequency, that means that they're in tune with one another. Well, the reason it's so easy for us to rush into evil, to follow the bad crowd, is because there's something inside of us that resonates with the people of this world. There's something in us that that has the same frequency as the people of this world, the sinful nature, that our problems are not just all out there. They're in here. And that's why people don't have to work that hard to convince us into evil, to do the bad thing, to go down the wrong direction, because there is something inside of us that wants to go that way too. But that's why we come back here week after week. You showing up here in this church is a way to state, I know that I'm broken. I know I'm part of the world and I'm trying to escape that part of myself. And so we come here and how do we start every church service? The ancient tradition of confessing our sins. That ancient tradition of saying, I'm broken. I'm sinful. I resonate with the world. I'm in tune with the world and I've gone the wrong direction. God, forgive me. And what do we hear week after week? Every Sunday, 
that Jesus Christ came into this world and he lived for you, died for you, and rose for you, you find out that you have a friend in Jesus, a real friend. Jesus is a real friend because Jesus will never lead you into wickedness. Jesus will never lead you into wickedness because he is a real friend. Jesus will never lead you into wickedness. No, he rescues you out of it. Jesus goes into the darkness to rescue you out of the darkness and bring you into his glorious light. And so now you are children of the light. You are his children. Now, what does that mean? How do you move forward? What does it mean to, to walk forward? Now, well, if, if walking with the wrong, wrong crowd is what maybe got us into this mess, uh, if walking with the wrong crowd got us into this mess, what is the answer? Walk with no crowd? Should we all go to our own deserted island by ourselves and just kind of isolate ourselves from the wicked world? Is that how we're going to defeat darkness? No, because remember, uh, the darkness is also something inside of us. We have enough sin all on our own, in our own hearts. So how do we get out of this? How do we live in wisdom? How do we walk in a better way? Well, Solomon says it this way. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise. Find someone who's following Jesus and get around them. Follow them. Alcoholics Anonymous already gets this. AA already gets this. Weight Watchers already gets this. CrossFit already gets this. The people who don't always get this, Christians. We need each other. We cannot do this on our own. Um, Christianity, walking with God is not an individual sport. We need each other. We need to be vulnerable with each other. We need to walk with each other. We need a ton of help. And so this is the one thing in my life that when I do this, it changes everything. So how would we answer our original question? How can we continue to walk in wisdom? How can we continue to stay on the path? Our second fill in the blank. Walk with the wise and become wise. That's it. Walk with the wise and become wise. You do this, it's going to change everything else. Uh, when I got here, one of the first illustrations I used in a sermon was this, and it seemed to resonate with people, and so let me use it one more time. Uh, growing up, my, my father had this charcoal grill, and, and the way he would get it started is he had this metal ring, and he would stuff it with newspapers and then put the charcoal in this metal ring and, and light it on the fire, and because all of the charcoal was packed in there really tight, it would heat up really quickly and get really hot, and then he would remove the ring and spread it out across the whole charcoal grill. And that's what we do as Christians. Not just in worship. That's not enough. It's just not enough to come here an hour a week and, and, and say hi to somebody and shake someone's hand. We need to get together outside of worship to get around wise Christians to heat each other up. And, and when we're around wise Christians, they heat us up and then we can go back into the world and have an influence on the world instead of being influenced by the world. Here's how I'm trying to do this in my life. I've had people around me that have, have really challenged me and encouraged me. I think about my father, a wise man, who's, who's really challenged me and encouraged me and just being around him, I try to follow him. I think about the pastor I mentioned a, a while back, Pastor Nathan Strutz, who, who was my, uh, my uh, pastor, my internship year, really walked with him. I just, every time I was around him, I became a better person. And now I think about today, about how I get to walk with Pastor Bill every day, checking in with him and, and walking with him and hanging out with him and having way too much fun together with him, right? 
And then I think about the other people in my life that, that, that really influenced me. There's another pastor, Pastor Ben Zach, who's a pastor over at St. John's in Milwaukee. And I call him and talk to him and hang out with him at least once a week. And he challenges me and rebukes me and corrects me and encourages me and calls me out on stuff and leads me back to Jesus. And then there's another pastor I check in with at least once a month. We have this, uh, this time we meet on a Monday morning, um, pastor from, from the cities, uh, Pastor Ben Bloomer, and he continues to mentor me and encourage me. And every time around these men, I become a better person, a different person. I become wiser. So who are your people? Who are the three to five people in your life that, that are wise Christians that you are vulnerable with, who can call you on it, who can rebu rebuke you and correct you, encourage you and point you back to Jesus? If you don't have that, you could go to votl.life and get into a small community group. That's what these community groups are for. They're, they're groups of people that gather outside of worship so that they can encourage one another and build one another up and call each other out and, and, and point each other back to Jesus. If you don't have that, I'd encourage you to find that. Find another Christian. Find a few Christians and make sure you check in with them because you cannot do this alone. You cannot do this alone. There's too much influence in the world. There's too many other messages you're getting. There's too much garbage out there. You will turn into the stuff that you let influence you. You need each other. You need to walk with the wise. This is key. This is it. This is it. This is key. I know we think we need more information. I know we think we need to read the latest book or the latest magazine about the five steps of how we can live a wiser life. I know we think that. But maybe we don't need any more gimmicks. Maybe we just need a good Christian friend. If you want to continue to walk in wisdom, walk with the wise and you will be wise. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we ask for your forgiveness and help. We know that there's so much in our hearts that resonates with the world. We know that the devil and the world don't need to work too hard to get us going down the wrong path. And so today we turn around, we turn back to you, and we recognize it is not good for us to be alone. And so, Lord God, today I pray that you would surround us with godly, wise Christians. That you would put a friend in every one of our lives that can rebuke us and correct us and encourage us and most importantly, point us back to you Lord God, this is how you work. So put the people in our lives that we need. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.